Hello, and welcome to the podcast that helps you win the race Christ has marked out for you. In America, this is Memorial Day weekend. If you are serving or have served our country in the military, thank you for your service. Tomorrow, Americans celebrate those who have given their last fullest measure of devotion to secure and protect our freedom. The honor we give to such countrymen and women for their devotion to their mission reminds me of some of Paul's words as he neared the end of his mission. He wrote, As for me, I feel that the last drops of my life are being poured out for God. The glorious fight that God gave me, I have fought. The course that I was set, I have finished, and I have kept the faith. The future for me holds the crown of righteousness, which God, the true judge, will give to those who have loved what they have seen of him. Everyone listening to this podcast wants to be able to look back upon his life and say, the glorious fight that God gave me, I have fought. I have not been AWOL, absent without leave. I have not been a deserter. I have not been so busy with civilian life that I forgot to report for duty. I went into battle and I fought the spiritual enemies of my loved ones and my Lord on the battlefield that was assigned to me. This episode looks at why Paul was able to say that about his own life. Thanks for joining us today for Season 1, Episode number 29 of Mission Focus Men for Christ. My name is Gary Yeagle. If you are an American, I hope you're enjoying your Memorial Day weekend. And if you are from another country, I hope you have enjoyed your weekend as well. Though summer doesn't technically come until June 21st, for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, for most of us, Memorial Day marks the beginning of the summer. Transitional times are always a great time to ask, do I need to make some adjustments to my life in this new season coming up? Do I need to renew my commitment to stay focused on the mission Christ has called me to? This episode looks at the code that Paul lived by and points to in 2 Timothy 2.4. He writes, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. We want to ask, how can we better understand what Paul is saying in this verse so that we can put it into practice? We want understanding about how to not get tangled up in distracting pursuits this summer so we can look back on it and say, you know, I I think I did actually stay focused on pleasing Christ a little bit more than I have before. So let's look closely at the strategy that Paul gives us. Again, it is from 2 Timothy 2.4, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Let's focus on three parts to this verse. First, Paul's use of the term soldier indicates that he viewed the Christian life as warfare. 
One commentator observes, The picture of man as a soldier and life as a campaign is one which the Greeks and Romans knew well. Paul took this picture and applied it to all Christians. He urges Timothy to fight a fine campaign, 1 Timothy 1.18. He calls Archippus, in whose house a church met, our fellow soldier, in Philemon 2. He calls Epaphroditus, the messenger of the Philippian church, my fellow soldier. Christians must fight a three-front war. First, against our sinful nature, which seeks to overpower us. Second, against the world, whose idols seek to capture our heart affections. And third, against Satan and his demonic host, who relentlessly tempt us. To become a Christ follower means not only trusting his death on the cross as the atoning sacrifice for our sin, but also joining Christ in his mission. Notice in the verse we're looking at that Paul refers to Christians as those who have enlisted. Christ followers, by definition, join Christ's cause. That is his mission to overthrow the tyrants, Satan, sin, and death, who have been ruling Adam's kingdom earth. Through the power of Christ, the second Adam, we fight Satan and sin to establish the kingdom of righteousness and wholeness on earth. Like it or not, life as a follower of Christ is being a soldier. Every day we have the opportunity to fight for the kingdom of righteousness to prevail in our own hearts and spheres of our lives, or to passively be run over by Christ's enemies, Satan, sin, and yes, even death, because Every time we sin, it rots our souls and brings damage and erosion to our hearts. In Paul's description of the spiritual realities behind the visible world, he urges Christians three times in three verses to stand and fight. The Christian life is warfare. Let's move to our second observation back in, in 2 Timothy 2.4. Uh, what we are not to get entangled in is civilian pursuits. That's the ESV translation. The first word translated civilian is the Greek word bios, from which we get biology. It refers to physical life and our mandate to cultivate the earth. The second word is pragmatia, from which we get pragmatism. It means purposeful deeds. Unfortunately, some believers mistakenly think that this verse elevates spiritual activities over secular activities. It does not. As the ESV study footnotes point out, this verse has at times been misinterpreted as a call away from quote-unquote secular civilian pursuits. The Bible, however, does not allow Christians to separate life into distinct realms of quote-unquote spiritual and quote-unquote secular. All of life is to be lived spiritually in obedience to the Holy Spirit, according to the Word of God. Adam and Eve's creation calling is to develop the resources and culture on planet Earth. In 2 Timothy 2.4, Paul is not talking about divided, sacred, secular worlds, but about divided loyalties. 
Let's come back to 2 Timothy 2.4 for our third observation. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. The word entangled. Paul is not forbidding engagement in the physical secular world. That would be to abrogate God's command to Adam and Eve to exercise dominion over the earth. Besides, soldiers are off-duty much of their 24-hour day, I hope, enjoying God's glorious creation. God's command here to us through Paul is not to be entangled. The Greek word means to weave into. Think of the way an individual reed is woven into a basket. Because the reed is woven together with other reeds, it is constrained, it is entangled, it is held in place, it is held captive, in a sense, by the other reeds. It is not free. There are patterns of operating in this glorious, created, everyday world that constrain us, that hold us back from focusing on pleasing our commanding officer. In no way does Paul imply that these civilian pursuits are sinful. Rather, he teaches that these good things have the capacity to entangle, preventing a believer from aiming to please the one who enlisted him. Let's look at some of these entanglements, these behavior patterns that are not necessarily wrong in themselves, but which tie us up and keep us from focusing on the mission Christ has for us, on pleasing the one who enlisted us. The first entanglement is weaving together a pattern of life that is so preoccupied with the visible world of activity, which Paul calls civilian pursuits, that the inner private world where we discover how to please the one who enlisted us is not even on the radar. Gordon MacDonald in his book, Ordering Your Private World, observes, Our public worlds are filled with a seeming infinity of demands upon our time, our loyalties, our money, and our energies. And because these public worlds of ours are so visible, so real, we have to struggle to ignore all their seductions and demands. They scream for our attention and action. The result is that our private world is often cheated, neglected because it does not shout quite so loudly. And Jesus warns us about a life preoccupied with the physical material world, as wonderful as that world is, at the expense of the inner spiritual world. In Luke 12, verse 16 and following, we read, And Jesus told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. 
The second way that we are hindered from fighting the good fight is weaving together a calendar of time commitments that consume so much time in the outer world of activity that the inner world of our walk with Christ gets the leftovers. The word disciple means one who patterns his life after the life of his master. Jesus never let his outward world of activity prevent him from time away alone with the Father. We read in Luke 5, 15, and 16 some amazing words. Luke says, But now even more the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear Jesus and to be healed of their infirmities. In other words, Jesus was a rock star. But Luke continues, But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. The Greek verb tenses here indicate a continual practice and could be translated, he was regularly withdrawing and praying. When I read this, I think, wow, Jesus was perfect, yet he seemed to need to be alone with God a lot. How much more do I need to be alone with the Lord, especially since spiritual fruit can only come by abiding in Christ? You know, I believe it was easy for Jesus to want to retreat to the presence of the Father because he knew how much the Father loved him. So often we don't get that. We really don't realize how thoroughly we are loved by the Father. I think that might be why Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. I pray that you, firmly fixed in love yourselves, may be able to grasp with all Christians how wide and deep and long and high is the love of Christ, and to know for yourselves that love so far beyond our comprehension. We need to push our understanding of God's grace down deep into our soul and understand that no matter how dirty we feel, the arms of God the Father are always open, always welcoming, always delighting in us. We really are his bride, beautiful in his eyes because we are clothed in the righteousness of his son. Here are some practical ideas about stealing some time alone with God this summer. First, get outside if you can. Jesus retreated to desolate outdoor places. The creation makes us feel close to God for a reason. It is a mirror of his glory. Second, never be afraid to tell God what you are feeling at the moment you come into his presence. Real love is based on truth, on being known. God can handle our anger, doubts, hurt feelings, and frustration with him. And third, be spontaneous. If you get to an appointment early, stay in the car and grab some extra prayer time. Use the time to thank God and praise him by telling him why you love him. Intercede for loved ones, maybe through Ephesians 6.10. Father, I pray right now that whatever battles Tyler might be fighting, you would strengthen him to be strong in you, in the strength of your might. Let's return to the entanglements that tie us up and keep us from focusing on Christ's mission for us. We've seen that, number one, we can weave together the strands of a life almost totally preoccupied with the visual physical outer world of activity. Two, we can weave together a calendar of activities that consume so much time in the outer world that the inner world of our walk with Christ gets the leftovers. 
The third way our everyday way of life can hinder our focus on Christ's mission for us is by weaving together a life that is haphazard, disordered, and unfocused, rather than weaving a pattern shaped by Christ's mission for us. I suspect that everyone listening to this podcast has learned the same invaluable life lesson at some point. That lesson is that in almost every endeavor, if you fail to plan, you should plan to fail. Whether it's thinking through how to answer an essay question on an exam before you start to write, or deciding how your star left-hander is going to pitch a 385 hitting batter, you need a plan. However, when it comes to pleasing Christ with our lives, for some reason we men fly by the seat of our pants. A plan doesn't have to be an elaborate roadmap for your spiritual life, but it is an intentional direction, a target to focus upon. As some of you know who've been listening to the podcast for a while, we've tried to help you put such a target on the wall. After a pretty exhaustive search of Scripture, we believe that Christ's mission for us can be summarized in three parts. We are called to Christ to enjoy a love relationship with him, called to be like Christ to Christ-like character, and called to exercise dominion for Christ, to implement Christ's agenda in every sphere of our lives. But to stay focused on this mission still requires a practical plan and a commitment to implementing the plan. How? Well, we often challenge our listeners, God gives you 168 hours a week what would you think of giving one back to him to sit down with him, your commander-in-chief, looking it over your shoulder and discussing your mission for the upcoming week? Some men find that the best time to do that is Sunday afternoon or evening, but there's no right time. The necessity of setting aside some regular time to review our mission makes sense to men. We realize that the only thing dumber than Andy Reid having no game plan for the Super Bowl would be for Andy to have a game plan and never look at it during the game. Men, your life is a lot more important than a Super Bowl. The final way we can get entangled with civilian pursuits is weaving together a life that is so full of God's blessings and others' expectations that we forget that our commander-in-chief has called us to spiritual battle. Paul commanded Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. He issued a clear battle cry to the Ephesian Christians using the word against six times in just two verses to describe our battle against the forces of darkness. Peter commands, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. If our life is so absorbed in the wonderful blessings of God's creation that we give no attention to our inner spiritual world, we will never be able to be sober-minded and watchful. As summer 2020 begins and our nation opens up, I hope you immensely enjoy the playground God designed for us, his creation. But as wonderful as the public outer physical world is, we must realize that we can easily be weaving patterns that all but ignore the inner, private, spiritual world where we hear the voice of our master and find out how to please him.
Memorial Day in America is both an opportunity to think about the way many men and women sacrifice themselves to complete their mission of protecting our freedom, and also an opportunity to begin the summer with a fresh commitment to staying focused on our mission from Christ. That's what Paul means when he commands Timothy, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. The expression entangled in civilian pursuits does not mean that we deny or minimize our call from God to cultivate the earth. It means that we should not allow that pursuit to tie us up in knots, to constrain us, to so preoccupy us with the outer public world that our attention does not often and freely turn to the inner, private, spiritual world where we hear the call of Christ. For further prayerful thought, number one, you might spend four or five minutes identifying the obstacles in your life to spending more time alone with God. Number two, you might pray specifically that by spending more time with the Lord, you will get to know even more how much He enjoys you and that you will grow even more in enjoying Him. Next week, we will return to our normal pattern Under the heading called to Christ, we will deepen our understanding of who God is so we can enjoy God more. The following week, under the heading called to be like Christ, we will look at how to figure out what Christ-like attitude God is trying to teach us. For further information about our ministry, go to forgingbonds.org. And if this podcast has been helpful to you, don't forget to tell other Christian men about a podcast that helps them stay focused on their mission to honor Christ with their lives.